Welcome back. It's Monday Mayhem on the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Grant and Sam coming at you as always today, the week after week number three in the NFL. All 16 uh, games took place. Well, 15, I guess, counting. Not counting the Monday night game who that hasn't been played tonight yet. But pending anything crazy, Monday night football tonight. Uh, it was a great week, another great week in the NFL. A lot, a lot, a lot of one-score, one-possession games. We'll get to those. Uh, but today, Sam, I feel like today is the first day since we've been here at, up at college that it really feels like a Monday um, in terms of the weather outside. I feel mm-hmm. like last year, you remember, Sam, when we were doing our live radio show, it felt like every Monday when we came in to do the show, it was raining or windy or cold or cloudy, mm. a dreary day. So today I feel like is the first kind of weather-like Monday. But is that, is that a good thing, though? Because No, it, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I mean, but yeah, it does, but I don't like it. I mean, we couldn't play football today. We like I didn't feel the want to go outside, sit outside like I've been doing the past few days. Like, I don't know. I just... I'd rather it be nice weather like we've been been oh, having. Oh, I 100% agree, but I'm just saying if you think back to a year ago when we were doing our mm-hmm. radio show, it felt like every Monday we came in to do the show, and it was like crappy outside. I mean, it, you know, we got into November and December, snow and rain and sleet and all that fun stuff. So luckily, luckily we haven't had to deal with any of that yet, hopefully not for a very long time. But kind of just a dreary day today. But anyways, you guys aren't here for the full weather report, so <laughs> we won't give that to you here for some sports talk. And we thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk. That's where we're posting all of our latest episodes, along with some other fun content that you can engage with there. You can follow us there um, all the time. We'd appreciate it if you did that. Sam, weekend of the NFL, I want to get your initial. We'll go, we'll, I think we do this every Monday. I want to get your initial kind of reactions, thoughts of week three in the NFL. Man, what what can I say? I'll, I'll I'll start off Thursday. Really, the Jaguars disappointed me. That was that was the one takeaway. Like we've all been on Minshew mania and the beard versus the mustache that one on, and and the Jaguars didn't show up to play. It didn't look like it on both sides of the ball. I was really disappointed on the Jags. I was really high on the Jags to potentially get a win here. And then, then the weekend hit. I thought we had a really good games from the Titans Vikings to the uh, Bengals Eagles that ended in a tie to so the Texans Steelers. I thought it was a pretty fun weekend. Yeah, it was. I a lot of one score games, especially in the one o'clock slate. You know, I was watching uh, NFL Red Zone, and you know the Colts game came on at four o'clock, and I you know I was going to watch that. I couldn't even turn it off Red Zone because there were so many close games that were coming down to the wire. In that one o'clock window, I mean, you know, you already mentioned some of them: Bears four points, Bills one by three, uh, Titans by one, uh, and you get down the Bengals even in a tie, Steelers by seven, Panthers by five. It was a crazy, crazy afternoon. In the late games, you had close games too: Lions by three, Seahawks by seven, and then the nightcap: Packers by seven. And that. Uh, matchup between two MVP caliber quarterbacks um, a lot of great games and and you know we're through three weeks or going to be through three weeks after tonight's game um, and that's when you can really kind of judge a team uh, on what they can or can't be this season obviously the teams that are 0-3 now are probably only going to get to to four or five wins max um, 
maybe I'm wrong, but that that seems to be the trend when you look at the analytics and stuff. The team drops to zero and three, and uh, it's not going to be a good season for you. And then you have your teams at three and zero that are are in position to do good things. We got a battle of the undefeateds tonight, uh, Sam. But I want to get to the Colts game first. Hmm. Um, what a defensive performance by Indianapolis in that game. I was thinking this yesterday. Do the Colts – this might be a hot take, but I think the Colts right now have the best defense in the National Football League. Best defense? Okay. What? I wouldn't say best defense for a simply fact. I watched the 49ers defense considering the amount of injuries they had. They still only allowed – I know it's the Giants – but nine points when they have like five energy injuries, I keep mixing up the words, injuries on that side of the ball. I get where you're saying the Colts definitely have a a upper tier defense, but I wouldn't put them number one though. Yeah, maybe not number I mean one of the best for sure. I mean yeah. a top five, not if not top three in the league. The 49ers are very well coached. Their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, is amazing and he'll be a head coach uh, sooner rather than later, but Honestly, after Sunday's performance, they played really, really well. The Jets dealt with a lot of injuries throughout the game, yes. But when you look at it, three touchdowns and they scored two interceptions, or two, uh, three interception, interceptions, two touchdowns. That's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Get my words straight here. But, I mean, when you look at it, that is, that is amazing numbers um, for that. And they had a, a safety. The first team in. You know, a long. I don't think the Colts have ever done back-to-back weeks of having a safety. Mm-hmm. So just that alone was, was amazing. I mean, Darius Leonard, the maniac, uh, yesterday had um, what was it, eleven total tackles and uh, one tackle for loss. You look at. Uh, I thought Justin Houston had a good game. Uh, he ended up with uh, with a sack uh, on on the on the afternoon. DeForest Buckner six tackles. So overall, I thought it was a great showing from the Indianapolis defense on Sunday and holding the Jets to seven points. Yes, it's the Jets, but to, to intercept Sam Darnold three times, I thought was 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 an amazing feat. Yeah, and I I think to your uh, to your point, they definitely have an upper tier defense, and I do think it was a little bit. Um, it's a little bit uh, unfair because, let's be honest, Sam Darnold and the Jets are not not any good, let's be honest. But I do think uh, we've seen in the past the, the, against the Vikings and now with the Jets that the defense has stepped up. I like their game plan. Phil Rivers didn't try to do anything too much. It was stick to the game plan. The defense carried you through 14 points. They basically outscored. They did outscore the Jets on their own. Like it was, it was a nice, easy game. I only saw them appear like five times on red zone because that's how like of a, of a bad game it was. But yeah, I, I enjoyed watching the Colts dominate the Jets. Yeah, it was a good you know bounce back after. Uh, you know, two straight weeks really of of good quality football, blowing out the Vikings and then now the Jets, and now you're in position. Like I mentioned last week, you're in position to do some damage here. You go uh, to Chicago on Sunday, then you hop over and go to Cleveland. You're at home for Bengals, and then you go to the Lions. That is that is a position. The Bears are three and zero, and we'll get to them here uh, at the end of the week. But uh, you're in position to do some damage here, and you know potentially go four and zero, three and one over this next stretch of four games. 
No doubt. And and I'm there with you. Uh, I think the Colts are going to increase the numbers over the next few home games. So hopefully we get to see some more fans out there. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this team. I know I was a Debbie Downer. I'm slowly raising my expectations, but I'm still, I'm still waiting for that one week where they just seem to disappoint. And it just beyond the Jaguars game, I'm, I'm just, I'm just tempering my expectations a little bit till we can face some high-time people. Like I know we play the Ravens, the Titans, the Packers, the Texans. So I'm gonna wait to, to kind of praise the Colts before we actually like beat and face some actual good opponents. Yeah, the back half of the schedule will be, will be uh, tough uh, for the Colts, and we'll, we'll really get to see what, what they're made of here. Uh, let's get to some other games here. The Bills Rams was a was a three uh, three point game in that one. The Rams mounted a comeback. They were down twenty five points. They score a combined thirty or twenty nine points in the second half after just posting three in the first half. They actually took the lead at one point and then Buffalo or they tied the game and then Buffalo with a field goal uh, ultimately won the game. So. Uh, the Rams now two and one. The Bills three and zero. Your thoughts on on Buffalo? I know you weren't too big of a high rider on them at the beginning of the season, but uh, what do you think? I'm think of them after three weeks here. Um, I I I don't mind them at all. I think Josh Allen has proven himself to be a solid quarterback candidate, possibly a uh, MVP in in the conversation. I I have no doubts about him. I like uh, Devin Singletary. I wish they would use him. I know. Um, What's his uh, uh, Zach Moss was out this week. I really think they should stick to Devin Singletary as the premier back. I liked what their offense did with him being the back. Zach Moss takes a lot of carries away from I, what I think Devin Singletary can be a solid running back moving forward. But yeah, I like their offense. Stephon Diggs stepped up. Cole Beasley stepped up. Gabriel Davis from UCF stepped up. Their their defense in the first half was was really solid before they kind of let up towards the end. I thought it was a solid all around performance if they didn't let up so many touchdowns toward the end. But yeah, I thought it was a solid game. If they would have lost the game, maybe we'd be saying something different. But I think it was a solid game from the Bills. Yeah, it was. And uh, what what most impressive and stood out to me was. Josh Allen took the team down uh, with under two minutes to go in the game to win it on a touchdown. So that was most impressive to me because if you remember back last year uh, in the playoffs, they couldn't do it against the Texans. They couldn't take it down to win. So uh, they were able to do that um, this week. I mean, they were down 32-28. I thought they had won on the field goal. I I misspoke there. So they they were down 32-28, and and Josh Allen took them – all the way for the win. That was the most impressive part to me was to see Josh Allen doing that. You know, after last season, he was kind of criticized uh, for not being a you know a two-minute quarterback. So that was the most impressive part for me from that win. So some other games to get to today uh, from yesterday: the Bears, the Falcons. You know what I mean? The Falcons. I, I they they find a way. It seems like every game. They're going to find a way to lose. Mm-hmm. And they certainly did on Sunday. A tw- they allowed a 20-point fourth quarter from the Bears and lose 30-26, to and the Bears go to 3-0. and I mean, what what more can you say if Dan Quinn doesn't get fired after this performance? Like, I, I don't know. Like, how many games do you need to see a blown lead? It's not just in the Super Bowl, all the 28-3 to jokes and whatnot, but two straight fourth quarter leads where you're up by 15 going into the fourth quarter like that's just that's just ridiculous 
Like, it's one thing for us to criticize Mike New for that Central Michigan loss, which was horrendous. I think we can both agree there. But to do it back-to-back weeks when you're leading in the fourth quarter by two, two or more possessions, it's just ridiculous. And at this point, I just don't know what to say. I preached it from the rooftops that I don't like Dan Quinn, and he's still the head coach, so I don't know at this point. Yeah, um, it seems like Dan Quinn is in in a lame duck head coaching year. I mean, in Indianapolis, we had one with Chuck Pagano. I mean, it was clear lame duck head coaching where they didn't fire the GM, they didn't fire the head coach, and they said, well, we're going to stick it out. Well, we kind of all knew what that meant. Um, It seems like they're a lame duck uh, they got a lame duck head coach because he was on the hot seat at the end of last season. They they thought they were he was going to get fired, and they you know they agreed to to do it one more season. So kind of feels like a lame duck head coach. I think you're right. I think Dan Quinn is out of there, but I think I think he lasts the whole entire season. But I think he's out of there um, at the end of the season. But yeah, I mean the Falcons were up 16 to 10 at half. They're 26 to 10 at one point, and then you know Nick Foles coming in. Just, just an amazing performance. He will be the starter next week. Uh, Trubisky gets benched uh, after he let it come back against the Lions. I didn't really see benching the 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 reasoning for benching him then, after he'd already came back once this season. Yeah, and I like to me like I'm I'm a no non Mitchell Trubisky supporter. I was kind of surprised when they benched him when he did because it wasn't like he was throwing four picks or three picks like he was doing an all right job i get you're down by um you're down by like 16 in the fourth quarter you want something new in there and i get that i was just surprised they did it when they did it because they could have done it in the lions game potentially but then he led that fourth quarter comeback and whatnot but credit to the bears for being three you know they've been fighting non-stop the giants was uh week two was a close game they pulled it out week one you mentioned it they came back and won but yeah credit to this bears team for one to fight even though i don't think as good as the record is i still give them credit for being three now yeah and uh maybe it was maybe you know benching trubisky now that we, we sit back and look at it maybe it was because that offense wasn't really doing much. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that second half, they they weren't doing much. Obviously, they put zero points in the third quarter. So maybe it was a fact of, hey, let's put Nick Foles in here, and let's see if we can we can spice up some offense and maybe get some things doing. Well, they certainly did that. So uh, Foles has earned his, his spot for next week, and we'll see him against the Colts. Um, a couple of other games: Titans, Vikings. The Vikings had the Titans on the rope. It was back and forth. Um, Kind of what you expected from this game. I expected a much lower scoring game, though. Uh, I thought it would be close just because when these two teams meet, I, I, I felt like it would be close just because of the Vikings uh, last week getting blown out by the Colts. And then this week, I thought they would try to keep it low scoring. They couldn't do that, and they lost. Yeah. I, I, was, I was surprised, like you mentioned, like Kirk Cousins unusually – Somewhat decent this game. He did have two picks, but I think that was a more result of his line not seeming to be able to block for him towards the end. But beyond the point, I thought there was a se- several notable players from Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson, who showed up for the first time, catching 175 yards. Uh, Cleef Raymond showing up 118 yards. Derrick Henry showing up for himself. It was a lot of offensive production as well as the defense stepping up when they needed to. Two picks from Kirk Cousins, one from Ryan Tannehill. So it was, it was an evenly balanced game from what I saw. Well, the most impressive stat to me was Steven Gaskowski, 6-for-6 mm-hmm. six six and scoring 19 points 
for the Tennessee Titans after you know that that uh, what was it Monday night game in in LA mm-hmm. where he missed kicks but then won the game. Um, so that was the most impressive stat f- for me was, was seeing him make six kicks and, and winning the game for for the Titans on Sunday. Uh, a couple of other games before we get to our next segment uh, today. You, you mentioned the, the late window there. The Bucks get it done, 2-1 and one now on the season, 28-10 winners over the Broncos. The Lions beating the Cardinals. Now, um, I think you know I think the Cardinals fell, fell victim to a Lions team that was um, to a Lions team that was 0-2, right? They're desperate for a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was they had a little bit more motivation maybe than Arizona did going into that game. And I also think that the Cardinals just felt pressure to, like, all the hype surrounding them. Like, I know people put up their next three schedule before the game and were like, are they going to go 5-0? and And I was telling my buddy Caleb, like, hold up. This Lions team is not as bad as people think. You go back to week one, the first through three quarters, they were looking like a dominant team. Fell apart. Second game, they, they were just bad, let's put it frankly. But the Cardinals coming in with a little bit, maybe too ego, thinking they're a little bit better themselves, kind of got humbled last game. And I think they need that game to be like, hey, let's get down to earth. Let's regroup. Let's not let's not put high expectations on ourselves and let's just take it week by week. Yeah, and uh, you, you mentioned it, it might have humbled Arizona. I mean, Kyler Murray, young quarterback, he kind of mm-hmm. needs that uh, early on in the season. So, uh, the Lions fall, or the Lions win 26-23 on a last-second field goal there by Matt Prater. We had one game in then a tie. Bengals, Eagles, and both teams, they, they, they just avoid that first win. They didn't want that first win yet. So they're both 0-2-1 on the season. Sam, oh. if you could fix mm-hmm. – this is a conversation. I, I, didn't, I did not watch ESPN or Fox mm-hmm. or CBS Sports this morning, uh, but I guarantee – a topic on all three, you know, all what all sports platforms this morning was, how can we fix NFL overtime? And every sports host is going to give their opinion mm-hmm. on how to fix NFL overtime, but it needs to be fixed, right? I mean, they tried to fix it uh, with a with going to ten minutes. Well, that doesn't help because then more games end in ties. It ha- it needs to be fixed, Sam. It really does. It does, but at the same time, the Eagles and Bengals. Let's be honest, they didn't want it last night or, or last. Uh, Last game, like I was watching this Eagles offense, and they they had a they were in field goal range, got sacked a couple times, got punted, like they they each punted like two to three times in overtime. Like nobody wanted to win this on the offensive side of the ball, and whether whether uh, he should Doug Peterson should have gone for fourth and eleven instead of punting the ball, like I thought that was a ridiculous call. But this Eagles offense was just like. It's like watching paint dry at this point. I love Miles Sanders especially because he's on my fantasy team. But it's so hard to watch it when uh, Carson Wentz doesn't have any time and he throws inaccurate balls and he doesn't have any weapons to throw to. It's, it's just hard to watch. It really is. It is. And I they get. I think they need to fix NFL overtime mm-hmm. yeah. because imagine if it was the Saints-Packers game from last night and that game ends in a tie. Uh, I love Pat McAfee's idea. Play the 10 minutes, still tied, kickoff battle. You start at the 40 or whatever, and you just keep going back until one misses. I think that is a fantastic idea, and I would love to see that happen. It's not going to, but at least fix it. If you go to the college overtime model, great. That is a good model. It works. We've seen it. 
but it needs to be fixed because games ending in ties in the NFL just doesn't need to happen anymore. It happens once or twice a year, and every time it does, we sit here and we talk about how annoying it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to be fixed. All right, Sam, I want to get into our last segment here before we go. And we're, we're three weeks in. We got a handful of teams, 3-0. and mm-hmm. uh, And we're going to talk which one. And we're going we're gonna to include the Ravens and Chiefs. Obviously, they haven't played Monday Night Football yet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to this on you know Tuesday or Wednesday after this uh, comes out on Monday uh, afternoon, you're obviously going to know the, the final score of the Chiefs-Ravens game. But one team will be 3-0 and after this. But we're going to include both of those in the conversation. Of the undefeated teams of the league, Sam, which one – is the most legit team to you? Which one is the most deserving of that 3-0 and title? I'm going with the Seahawks. Uh, for me, I've said it for, what, four or three straight weeks we've been doing this. I love Russell Wilson. I think he's the MVP without a doubt. Like, the the amount of, like, effortless plays he does, like, it doesn't even seem like he's trying, and it just works for him. Whether it's being the Cowboys by seven, whether it's being the Patriots in primetime, whether it's being the Falcons pretty handily, like, this team just seems legit. you got Jamal Adams on the side of the ball. But Russell Wilson just uh, just makes it look too easy to for me to just, like, not think the Seahawks are legit. And now it kind of worries me that uh, Chris Carson is hurt. We don't know how long because that questionable tackle, which I think he's getting fined for, Tristan Hill of the Cowboys. But I, I think the Seahawks team is the most legit team in the NFL right now. Yeah, they're a great team. They played a heck of a game against the Cowboys. Um, who the Cowboys are one and two, but I, I, I don't know. I think they still have some potential. For me, I'm going to go with the team who won on Sunday night last night, the Packers. Now, you know me, Sam. Mm-hmm. I am a known Saints backer this year because I have certain implications if they <laughs> win at all. I am I am a Saints backer. I, I love Drew Brees, okay? I, I've liked his play. I always have. I've always picked him in fantasy. He's my quarterback again this year. And mm-hmm. I, I love Drew Brees. And, and I'm going to back the Saints this year along with my Colts. So, but the team that is most impressive right now at 3-0 is the Green Bay Packers for a handful of reasons. I mean, you watched Aaron Rodgers perform last night. It was an amazing performance by him. And with a supporting cast that is, I mean, in the receiving core, that is not, you know, those are not headline names. It's not an Odell Beckham. It's not a Jarvis Landry. You know, throw three touchdowns and zero interceptions. He had a rating of 124 uh, QBR. I just I, I don't know. I think this Green Bay Packers team is special. Obviously, last year losing in the NFC Championship, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Some say he's got a chip on his shoulder because of the whole Jordan Love situation. He's got two touchdown passes to first round picks. Um, with but with what Aaron Rodgers has been able to do, I just think this this Packers team can be dangerous. I thought mm-hmm. I had a little bit of concern for their defense. But after watching them last night against the Saints, whose offense is, is very good, um, I thought that, that this Packers team is, is legit now. I mean, uh, you didn't have any turnovers last night, and, and neither did New Orleans. Uh, or They had one turnover with, with Taysom Hill. But you, you didn't have any turnovers last night. You played a really clean game from what I saw uh, with a receiving core of Alan Lazard, Robert Tonya, and Jay Sternberger. Hmm. Ever heard of those guys? I mean, I've, you've heard of Lazard, but yeah. other than that, not really. You got Aaron Jones in your backfield. That is that is a, a great player, but this this Packers team. I think Aaron Rodgers is is you know making a case for himself why he could be one of the greatest to ever play the game. I, I I agree with you, and you look back to even last season, even though they did 
losing the NFC Championship game, they still went 13-3 and three or whatever it was. So you have the kind of previous year to look back on, like, this team is legit, and without Devontae Adams, I thought what they did last night was super incredible, despite the fact that Drew Brees looks like he can only throw a 10-yard pass at times. That's, like, the max he can throw. But I thought this Packers team was impressive last night. They did give up 30 points, but it is to Drew Brees, of course, and Alvin Kamara is just a beast all around. But I'm there with you. I, I'm a big believer in this Packers team, though. I'm, I'm sticking with my Seahawks. Yeah. Um, this and, and both teams last night were without their number one receiver. Hmm. Green Bay out of Devontae Adams and the Saints out of Michael Thomas last night. So it was not like Green Bay had, you know, Weapons that the Saints didn't. They were really evenly matched on the offensive side of the ball. It was just the matter of really who had the ball in their hands last. And a costly turnover there by Taysom Hill at the end of the game uh, really blew it for them. Um, but yeah, this Packers team. And I, I will say something about the Saints. And this is kind of my rebuttal uh, to why the Saints I think are very good and going to be good this season. Last year, they lost their first two games I think within the first three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they were one and two. Don't quote me on that, and I'm going to fact check it just because I don't want to get yelled at here. <laughs> but I think that they didn't lose a game. Um, let's see, yeah, they, they lost their uh, – I mean, they lost week number two, and then they lost week number 10 and week 14 last season. So I thought – for some reason, I thought they started one and two last season. They didn't. Um, that was just, you know – and they went on a stretch with Bridgewater where he won all of his games when he was in, which was amazing. But I think the Saints team can be special as well. I think the NFC is going to be the best conference in football this season. I mean, obviously over there in the AFC you have Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, but when you go top to bottom in the NFC, I think it's the NFC. Yeah, no doubt. And the only thing that worries – I'm not hitting the panic button on the Saints by any means. Like, I think they're they're still a legit team. But the only thing that worries me about is – you can only dump it down to Alvin Kamara so many times. Like, when are you going to test the boundaries? Like, yes, they did win, or they did almost win by throwing to Alvin Kamara 13 times for 139 yards and two touchdowns. But how many games can you win like that? We don't know how long Michael Thomas is going to be out for. So I feel like the Saints are going to have to find somebody, whether it's uh, Traquan Smith, they're uh, like, Third, like in like when Michael Thomas is back, receiver Emmanuel Sanders who caught a touchdown pass, Jared Cook. They're just gonna have to find some way else to score the ball because, let's be honest, dumping it down 50 times isn't gonna necessarily get you 12 wins. It just isn't. Yeah, you're 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 exactly right. Um, I want to get to now that we've done the most legit three and O teams. Which ones? Which ones are the foe? three and teams which ones are going to fall off the rails barely make the playoffs and lose in the first round i mean you have those every year who's the least legit three and team in your eyes i'm gonna go with the steelers personally whether that's a surprise or not i'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna go from first week they played the giants only one by ten which is questionable to begin with they had saquon of course but it's still the giants who haven't looked the best then they almost lost the broncos with um uh, what's his face? Uh, who played last? Driscoll. Uh, Driscoll, yeah, Driscoll, who then got benched for uh, Ripian last week, and then you go to the Texans, which are, which are a solid team usually, but with the amount of weapons that the Texans have, being 0-3, like yes, I know they lost to the Chiefs and Ravens, but they just haven't looked the same. So to me, I think the Steelers are going to prove why 
that they're not really a team that should be three and zero. I think they're I think they're a good team. I mentioned this yesterday. I was watching games. I said, "Well, the Steelers are three and zero. It's time for Big Ben to get hurt." That is my main concern mm-hmm. with them. Is Big Ben can he stay healthy? Can he not get injured? Um, the Steelers. I don't know. I, I feel like they're pretty legit, especially in that division. You got the you got the Ravens. They'll see them twice this season. So we'll get a better judgment of them when they play when they play the Ravens. But I think the I think I think the Steelers are pretty. They're kind of in the in the middle of that three and zero pack. For me, I'm gonna go Chicago Bears. I'll tell you why. A couple of reasons. The Bears, they they always start out strong. Like last season, for instance, last season, 2019, they started three and one. Okay, after four weeks, they're three and one, and then they lost four straight. They already have quarterback issues, right? They've already been shuffling in new guys. They they've already benched their starter in Trubisky and put in Nick Foles. So, in my eyes. They're the least legit 3-0 team. I think they're going to fall completely off the rails. When you look at their upcoming schedule, Colts this weekend, uh, Tom Brady the next weekend, Carolina, the Rams, the Saints, the Titans. That's their upcoming schedule. And to be quite frank, I see them winning maybe two of those games. So to me, they're the least legit 3-0 team. I feel like they do this every year where they start out great and then they fall off the rails uh, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears as the least legit 3-0 team. I can, I can see that by any means. I think uh, Tariq Cohen just tore his ACL last game, so that's not going to help the Bears by any means. Not to mention uh, that uh, you mentioned their quarterback problems. Definitely is a issue of concern when you don't really know who your quarterback is. Flip-flopping behind, between quarterbacks isn't really the best thing for a team any means. You need to go with one person. Maybe it's Nick Foles. Maybe it's Mitchell Trubisky. They just need to find one. Hopefully it's Nick Foles because I think he'll prove that he's at least a little bit better. I'm not saying he's amazing by anything, but I think he's still better than Trubisky. I think he's going to earn that starting spot. But, yeah, I, I definitely see them falling off in the near future. Well, he, I mean, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I mean, you also. don't get that by accident. Mm-hmm. You really don't. So if, if the Bears can stay with Foles – then I'm going to say they might be a little legit. They might win 10 games. They might win 9 games, something like that. But until they, you know, he's a starter for next week. Okay, well, what happens the week after and the week after? So, in, in my opinion, the, the Bears are too unstable mm-hmm. to be to be a legit 3-0 team. All right, Sam, we got to wrap it up. Any final comments that you had uh, from this weekend in the NFL? Uh, not really. Uh, my fantasy team is in trouble, so hopefully – I think I'm up by 16 points, and he's got two players, so hopefully I can get a win out there. But, yeah, I thought it was an overall great great weekend of NFL. Hopefully we get more um, more um, great matchups next week, even though I don't think the Thursday night game is very good. Uh, Broncos-Jets, yeah, it's not very good. But, yeah, hopefully we get some more games next week, and, yeah, that's about yeah, it. it should be a good next week. Hey, we'll be back here on Friday for weekend prep. We'll get you ready for the weekend and uh, you know, tell you what, what we're thinking, our lock, lock it down segment and all of that will be here on Friday afternoon. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that. Thanks for tuning in. That's Sam Thillman. I'm Grant Covey. Come back uh, on Friday and catch up on all the latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. they got them all archived for you there for your listening pleasure. And you can maybe find some old takes that we've had <laughs> that no longer, uh, no longer uh, apply now. So we thank you for tuning in and uh, have a great week.